1: all right, we're super excited to have him back with us. Of course, most recently, he's been with us to talk a lot about the Jeffrey Epstein case. There's another book coming out uh, by Dylan Howard on the Jeffrey Epstein case uh, in a matter of a few weeks, I believe. But tonight, he's with us to talk about his book, Bad, an Unprecedented Investigation into the Michael Jackson cover-up. And Dylan, good to have you back with us, sir. Jim, it's
0: good to be with you.
1: I have to tell you, um, I honestly... I I read the book, I started with the premise that I already knew this whole story, and I was so wrong, there was so much I did not know about Michael Jackson, and I have to tell you, of any book I've read in my entire life, and I am not saying this just because you are here... I had such an emotional roller coaster. Uh, literally, I was reading the last section of it today. Uh, I was sitting at Panera, and I got physically sick reading some of the things about the young boys. Then there were sections of the book where I felt so sorry. I began to shed a tear for Michael Jackson and what he's been through, just as a, as a person and his upbringing and all of this. It is like the emotional roller coaster of all emotional roller coasters, and so much. That I did not know about Michael Jackson. But one of the things I was going to ask you to start out with is, are you getting any blowback from this? Because my Christian followers, who I would think would be okay with a negative book about Michael Jackson, I'm getting all kinds of messages and posts on Facebook about, hey, enough dragging the man through the mud. We know all of this. He wasn't perfect. Uh, Michael Jackson has some really, I mean, he has a huge amount of fans out there that don't want any of this to get out. Well, I think,
0: uh, Jim, in many ways, this was the catalyst for me to write this book. I was in the tiniest of studios at CNN's L.A. headquarters during the Conrad Murray trial when I first learned about the power of that Jackson establishment, the unofficial staunch group of devout followers of the late Michael Jackson who today their simple goal remains to defend his honor amid anyone that dare uh, says that he was someone other than um, a a child living in an adult's body I was inundated with abusive text messages tweets Facebook messages and others because I dare say that Michael Jackson was a drug addict, not forgetting, of course, this man died from a massive overdose of the anesthesia propofol. So I have been criticized for a very long period of time about my position on Michael Jackson, and that was my first glimpse, albeit a shocking one into the obsessive nature of the fandom that surrounds him. But when Finding Neverland came out, the documentary that was a subjective exercise focused on telling the stories of James Safechuck and Wade Robson, I decided that I wanted to undergo an investigation or ignite an investigation that would attempt to answer what one lawyer suggested, and that was that Michael Jackson ran, quote, the most sophisticated child sex abuse procurement and facilitation operation the world has known. Of course, that's since been uh, passed on, Uh, that odious title has since been passed on to the late financier Jeffrey Epstein. So, you know, as a kid who grew up idolizing Michael Jackson and moonwalked across uh the family room floor many, many times, I felt it only necessary to apply the investigative techniques that I fortuitously have to this particular story.
1: Yeah, and, and it's it's interesting the timing because if my information is correct, uh yesterday which was August the 29th, would have been Michael Jackson's 62nd birthday. He would be 62 years old today if he were still living. And of course, he died at the age of 50. Uh, but it doesn't seem like... Uh, we never think of Michael Jackson as the man, as as an, as an an a grown man. And maybe that's why he was able to get away with so much with regards to being around these young children, is that we always thought of him sort of as you said uh a, a, a man's body but but really a child that never grew up uh to what degree do you think that is true and to what do you degree degree do you think that that was sort of his way of exploiting uh you know his situation of being able to be around all of these young boys
0: well i think the latter is most striking um Michael Jackson had a musical talent that has been eclipsed by nobody. He was a bona fide superstar, but there is no doubt that he had a strange obsession with young boys. He had increasingly bizarre behavior. His lifestyle was odd. He had an obsession with plastic surgery. And yes, he was addicted to drugs. These are simple facts that cannot be ignored. The truth cannot be ignored, and Michael lived his life in the public eye. Sometimes he hated it, but mainly he courted it and created this well-financed public relations machine to present a glossy image of himself to not only shift musical records, but also to hide the dark side of his personality. And anyone that says that Michael Jackson didn't have a dark personality is living in uh, an ulterior existence. He was not a saint. He was not the pure, innocent figure whose public image was that of an individual who was like Peter Pan, a child who never grew up. Yes, he was damaged. And yes, he might well have been a victim, but he was incredibly complex. And at the very end, I can't help but ask myself, can somebody in his uh, of his age when he died answer the question, is my action or my actions right or wrong? I think it's a very simple question, and I don't think Michael Jackson could answer that his actions were right in many of these instances.
1: And you also have to wonder about the parents of these children. Maybe the most bizarre story in the book is this story, if I understand it right, Michael Jackson is, his car breaks down, he ends up at a -a rent-a-wreck place. Now... I, I, a lot of things about that story, I thought this doesn't even make any sense. So the manager there at the Rent-A-Wreck is, or some a the customer there is calling their family. Hey, Michael Jackson's down here. That would be like I don't know. That would be like if I'm at like a I don't know like like down at uh, Crystal Burgers and Michael Jackson is sitting there uh, having a Crystal Burger and a cup of coffee. You you don't imagine Michael Jackson at Rent-A-Wreck. Uh, you would think like he would <laughs> he would be driven by by a chauffeur that if he had any kind of problem like that, someone would bring him another one of his vehicles, that he would end up at rent a Tell us that story. Do I understand that right? That Michael Jackson, and and uh, is this how he met uh, the first, uh, the, the Chandler young boy?
0: That's correct. And indeed, many have raised the issue of the parents' decision to allow their children to hang around with uh, Michael Jackson. In the end, of course, the association with Geordie Chandler and Michael Jackson was one that was fraught and ended in um, child sexual abuse allegations when the family actually uh, filed uh, a complaint against Jackson that ultimately didn't go to court. And in 1993, or in 1994, I should say, Jackson reached a financial settlement said to be worth $23 million with the Chandler family. Now, since then, the Chandlers have had a horrible existence. The father, Evan, was found dead by suicide uh, not soon after Jackson's death, and the family has been riddled by their own personal demons. But it certainly does raise questions about... Um, how they would uh, that these adults would allow their children because of the potential of ingratiating themselves into Michael Jackson's life, that they would exploit that scenario. and I think there is an element of that that a lot of these people did set out to uh, become part of Michael's inner circle, and they believed that they could uh, idolize and eulogize him and um, get somewhere within their uh, desired scope of, of, of wanting to do something. But the reality is, it still comes back to that one question. Even though Michael Jackson could spend time in the bed uh, with boys, young boys, He has to make the decision whether his actions were right or wrong. And I can't see how any grown adult can think that uh, being in bed uh, with children is or was the right decision at the time.
1: And forgetting that he was Michael Jackson, all of the things that he did are the playbook of someone that is a predator. Um you know it, I mean it, on a smaller scale you might have someone in a neighborhood that has a maybe like a really neat uh you know uh model train in the garage and they lure the kids in with that or they lure them with gifts on a you know on a smaller scale that's how predators operate. Michael Jackson would take these kids to Toys R Us and there would be no spending limit. They could have whatever they wanted in Toys R Us. They could come to his ranch and it was like an amusement park. Um, um, and all of that, and and some of the uh, stories uh, that you share in the book are where some of these kids became completely transfixed by Michael Jackson, where they're they're literally like dressing like him, talking to him on the phone multiple times per day uh, over months and months and months. I mean, to where as a parent you would think, okay, there's not just like one <laughs> warning sign here. I mean, this is like a, a fireworks display of warning signs. But yet, because he was famous and he was rich. Uh, do you think the parents just thought that this was okay? I think
0: that, um, you know, let, let, let's put this into context first of, all, first of all. Michael Jackson was never convicted of a crime, of child sex abuse. That is critical to understand. Um, but his life was gray, it was messy, and it was oblique. While there might not be a smoking gun, there is evidence to suggest that Michael had an unhealthy attitude towards children. Now, as we've talked about, the fanatics will claim his only crime was innocent love for these youngsters. He was the boy who never grew up, um, an asexual innocent, if you like. Yet he was also the man who hit a porn stash in the Neverland Ranch and guzzled prescription drugs and, 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 and booze. He was Machiavellian, he was naive, he was unorthodox and shrewd. He was also a devoted father. But when it came to these young boys, he was a plotter and he was a manipulator. He was unstable and an opportunist, yet he was a musical genius. And that dichotomy is what brought these young boys to Michael. And Michael knew that his talents could be exploited for his own gain in having access to these young children. Now, for the fanatic, that truth refutes their belief and therefore is inconvenient, inconvenient. it's a lie, and it's agenda-driven. They'll never be interested in the truth, Jim. They will only ever believe what they want to believe and they will continue to live in an echo chamber. Michael Jackson was a musical genius. That is undisputable. But he was also fundamentally and fatally flawed and largely the architect of his own downfall and an architect of the allegations that were made against him. Now, yes, you're absolutely right that this book has opened the floodgates again a renewed campaign of criticism of me Um, but the reality is the man behind the mirror to quote Michael Jackson is someone that if he was in existence today would not withstand the new cultural society standards and norms and we can't put ourselves in a time zone and not apply that to the Michael Jackson case because it really was the highest profile of these types of cases.
1: And so that everybody understands the legal history here, because it is great that you pointed that out and you you are very fair in the book and you repeatedly make the point that he's never been convicted criminally uh, of, of any of these accusations. But, you know, settling for twenty three million, um, that would mean something to a lot of people. Other people would say, hey, he was he's super wealthy guy. He just paid the twenty three million uh, to get rid of the accusation. Um, Do we have any idea how many settlements that there might have been over the years? Uh, Something like that could definitely be kept quiet, could it not?
0: Absolutely, and I think that was the purpose of uh, that 2004 settlement was to ensure that the looming Gavin Arzizo uh, trial that was played out in Santa Barbara County uh, was that he would not testify. Now ultimately in the Azizo case the jury returned a not guilty verdict um, in perhaps what is one of the more famous criminal trials America has seen um, but we know that Jackson had been previously accused of child sex abuse he denied the allegations at the time but settled out of court with the Chandler's and then of course there are the two new accusers in Safe Chuck and Way Robson who through repressed memories and through psychology have recalled instances in which they believe that they were abused by, um, Michael Jackson. Now there have been many other people that have accused him over time but there have also been people that were close to him that have said he did no wrong, including former child star Macaulay Culkin and Chris Tucker. Um, There have been a lot of people that have questioned what Michael Jackson did, including household staff, including those that were around him for age long period of time. One of those that testified at the trial was Jason Francia, whose mother worked as a maid at Neverland and he testified that Jackson had abused him on several occasions when he was aged 7 to 10. Um, There were others, security guards, that testified that they'd seen Jackson performing oral sex on Geordie Chandler in the 1990s. Um of course, all of these witnesses were discredited and led to the uh, verdict of not guilty for Jackson. Now Social pornography was found at Neverland, and in, in, that in its very self has to be considered and put into the context of, um, again, asking yourself what is right and what is wrong.
1: Now the the upbringing of Michael Jackson it appears that your book seems to lay the groundwork that this might be really the genesis of all of this uh, of course he was part of the uh, the famous jackson 5 uh, but the father uh, of the family was a very abusive man uh, allegedly and uh, there's even the allegation in the book of a medical procedure that was done on michael jackson uh, so that he did not uh, have a voice change at puberty. So he could keep that high, uh, almost, you know, tenor or almost soprano female voice that he had as a young boy. Uh, tell us about that. that. That just was heartbreaking.
0: Yeah. So Michael Jackson obviously was a child thrust into the limelight um, as a result of his starring role in the Jackson 5. Uh, his father was the manager of that Joe Jackson, who himself, um, you know, had serious issues. Uh, this simple fact that Michael was a child star with the Jackson 5 exposed him uh, in the 1970s and 1980s to seeing things that a lot of people at a young age wouldn't. And I think that um, had a tremendous effect upon him. Um, Michael and some of his siblings had said that they were physically and psychologically abused by their father. and indeed, in 2003, Joe admitted to beating them as children, but emphatically rejected that, 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 that it was bu- abuse, that it was whipping. Now, those whippings deeply traumatized Michael and led to the onset of further health problems later in his life. And many have speculated that that led to the body dysformic, uh, dysformic issues that he had, the change of uh, face, um, the constant plastic surgery, and the such. Uh, but in his childhood, um, his relationship with his father was really fraught. I mean, this was a guy who used to say to Michael that he had such a big nose that he needed to undergo plastic surgery. Um, Michael was deeply unhappy as being a member of um, the Jackson Five, and uh, his um, struggles in many ways can be explained by way of his father, which is tragic to think that a father would have such a traumatic role in the upbringing of one's life when they're expected to have um, the complete opposite. But to your point at the start of the question, um you know, the doctor at the center of the death trial into Michael Jackson um, was Conrad Murray. And Conrad Murray testified um, that Joe Jackson was one of the worst fathers to children in history. He said that the pop legend was chemically castrated and, um, and that Joe was, quote, cruel to his children, which I think is an understatement if someone is castrated. Um,
1: and that was for the purpose of, of keeping his voice from changing as he became a man, if, if I understand it right. Absolutely. That's the allegation. And that to me is that's beyond sick to do that to a kid. I mean, to think that the perform, oh, the okay. your vocal range is, is more important than your physical body and your well-being.
0: And there were also allegations that Joe Jackson would give Michael hormone injections to stop his voice from getting deeper. Um, and Conrad Murray said that Michael had told him that he was so scared of his father that he would vomit when he saw him. Hmm. Um, so, you know, really horrible allegations, but again, is that justification for one's behavior later in life? And, and again, I still can't get beyond the, the, the part that it's not. And it, uh, it, 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 it's tremendously troubling that there is this group of people that are not prepared to look at the facts and to look at the case files and understand the truth behind the Jackson story.
1: Now, people may not remember, but Michael Jackson had three children of his own, and your book starts out with this – I don't even know what how to describe in your prologue this video that you say that you watched of Michael Jackson in South Africa with his own children, and the language that was going on uh, in this video, and these are small children, and the role-playing that was going on. It was the I don't know the the strangest thing I think I've ever heard of uh, for any father with their children. Um, is that a video that is out in the public? Uh, you know, a forum. Can can anybody see that, or how are you able to see that and tell us uh, tell us about that video?
0: So multiple sources brought that video forward to me. Um, that video is not in the public domain and has never been seen. Um, to describe it, uh, I think I used uh, the words baffling and worrying. Um, Michael, it's a home video where a boy is on uh, the stars four-poster bed, and his arms are wrapped around a beam like a martyr on a cross. Um, this book, uh, sorry, this video is alarming in so many ways. I was shown this by multiple um uh, sources and what I saw was both, as I said, worrying and baffling because not only was the video inappropriate in the sense that young children were in his bed, it was full of foul language and over-the-top theatrics which made it, in my view, age-inappropriate. Um, this is never before revealed evidence. Um, what would it have done if it was released? Nothing, likely. Um, but it does certainly show that he was, um, again, making wrong decisions. Now, the two boys are in the bedroom and one of them is standing on the four-poster bed with his, ar- his arms around that beam that I described, and then there is panting and the child hurls abuse at Jackson before imitating like he was going to spit at Jackson. Um, now, this was simulated abuse of, of some description. Perhaps it was, as one person pointed out to me, um, wrestling-type uh, simulations. Um, but the subject matter was, without a doubt, age-inappropriate. Um, so that video in itself was critical in understanding um how Michael Jackson would interact um when the four doors were closed and others could not see what was taking place. Now that trip to uh, that trip to
1: South Africa, that hotel room scene, um maybe I didn't understand it clearly, but he had was at least some of his own children were on that trip, is that right?
0: Yeah, and we're in the bedroom for a period of time, um, but he kicks them out um, at one point, and also the nanny, Grace Rwanda, was there, um, and he clearly had no interest in his own children. Even if they were playing out some kind of intense role-play scene, The words and actions to me were inexcusable on a certain level, but much like Michael, they are always not what they seem. Um, so again, it it was, it was never before known information and therefore was critical to opening up and setting up the book. But again, um, it didn't prove anything. It doesn't show anything and nor does it uh, prove that anything untoward took place inside that bedroom.
1: What do you make of the financial ups and downs? Because I I see some parallels maybe to Elvis, and I know there's a reference to Elvis because, of course, Michael Jackson was married to the daughter of Elvis Presley. Uh, So here we've got Michael Jackson with what appears to be unlimited money, uh, with his huge success in the music industry. But notwithstanding that, a guy who actually did run out of money on more than one occasion was was close to the brink uh, with his money. Isn't that right?
0: Michael Jackson had an uncontrollable uh, spending habit. He would walk into stores and he would uh, attempt to, uh, to spend as much money as he could, quite frankly. The reality was that he blew away his fortune, not only in drugs, but in expensive and lavish trips. And he became very distrusting of his financial advisors towards the end, and um, indeed in what, were notes of a diary that I obtained. He talks about having a lack of trust for his business manager, Dr. Tomi Tomi, and the reality was he had to go and perform the This Is It tour because he needed to earn an income. Yet this was somebody who was not in a fit and able state to perform 10 shows let alone the fifty-plus show. Was this
1: the that show? Yeah, was it was this eight. that uh, that tour that he was supposed to go on before his death? And then there was some report of him being in the Staples Center where he could barely stand up, but yet he was supposed to be doing this worldwide tour of fifty shows. Is is that the same tour you're talking about?
0: Um, absolutely, yeah. Uh, he was signed into. Um, to perform 10 shows and then when it went up to 50. And, um, he, he simply, um, was not. I mean, if you watch that video of him on the stage at Staples Center, one of the last videos around, you will clearly see that he was not able to perform. Yet here he was being exploited by individuals yet again for financial gain. But Michael had to perform because he was running out of money. Now, the great paradox of this is in life after death, Jackson has made an absolute fortune and secured the future of his three children and many of the rest of his family. And that just goes to show that that in life after death, musicians are also as valuable as they are sometimes in real life
1: yeah just a fascinating story there's so much in the book that people will be surprised to read Uh, honestly there's some dark sections there um, but we give Michael C- Jackson, you know, his credit. I mean, uh, clearly, maybe the greatest entertainer of the last hundred years, a guy who uh, has owns all the records uh, for most uh, uh, album sales. I think still to this day holds a number of those records and uh, somebody that uh, is very complicated, very nuanced, as many of these stars are. Um, if pe- people want to get the book, I- I've seen it a lot of places. I know that your publicist we got just the PDF because they couldn't get their hands on a copy to send us one. That's how much in demand this book is. Uh, So tell us, uh, is the book still available? Is it selling out fast? How can people get it?
0: It is. Yeah. So the book is available at all good uh, bookstores. It's available online at Amazon and Barnes and Noble and other retailers. But I would encourage people to go to their local bookstore because of course, in this time of the pandemic, they're the ones that have been grossly affected by this as opposed to the big tech companies. So I would encourage people to look at their local bookstore first and foremost. Otherwise, they can go to www.badthebook.com.
1: Badthebook.com. And I also know it's available on Kindle. Is there an audio version of it yet?
0: There is indeed an audio version. Yes, it is available. Uh, on the Amazon website. Obviously.
1: And uh, Dylan Howard is our guest. Dylan, before you go, tell us what we can look forward to on the uh, Jeffrey Epstein front. Uh, any Anything coming soon on that, the next book?
0: Yes, indeed. So we have a forthcoming book called Epstein and Maxwell Inc., how the U.S. government used blackmail as big business. And this goes deep into the tangled web, a web that doesn't or isn't divided against ideological lines, yet tells the story about what the U.S. government knew about Maxwell and Epstein prior to their arrests and why all of a sudden they decided to ensnare and shut down this child sex trafficking ring.
1: So when does that book come out, in October or November?
0: Uh, it was due to come out, I believe, the start of October. I think it might be pushed back because of the arrest of Ghislaine Maxwell which required additional reporting.
1: Okay, well we look forward to that. Thank you so much for joining us, sir, fascinating as usual.
0: Jim, thank you as always.
1: That guy is I tell you, I I he's incredible. I I just I can't get enough of Dylan Howard. I love his voice. Uh, you can't you can't deny he's got a great voice. And uh, the book is unreal. I mean, I'm not kidding you when I tell you it's it's an emotional roller coaster. It's on the one hand, a really sad story because you think of, you know, I always think of for me when I think of Michael Jackson, I think of the little boy singing. Uh ABC one, two, three, uh, you know, I, I that's what I think of when I think of Michael Jackson. I don't really think of the adult Michael Jackson and thriller and all of that. I think of the little boy and I remember watching him on TV when I was a little boy. And uh what a what a life, what a life. And, you know, I, I think one of the big takeaways here is so many times we admire people that are stars that are super rich and we think that if we were in that position we would uh, be happy and and more fulfilled but but think about it i mean how many of those people their marriages don't work out they have a lot of money but then they lose a lot of money um there are very, not very many really famous stars that seem to have had happy lives it seems to be really a blessing on the one hand but a curse on the other hand, and Michael Jackson will certainly uh, go down really in, in history as one of those people that uh, just an enigma. I mean, you know, good guy, bad guy, you know, who knows? I mean, uh, you know, certainly talented guy. um all these allegations are, are of course, disturbing. Uh, as Dylan Howard said, he was never convicted criminally, uh, but did settle uh, you know, that one case at least. We know for twenty-three million dollars. Uh, just, just an incredible, incredible story. And when I uh, read the book, I thought, well, you know, I, I know the story. I, I watched the trial and Tom Mesereau representing him and all that. I, I, I saw all this. I'm, there's nothing going to jump out of this book that's going to be new to me. And I have to tell you, probably at least two-thirds of it was was really new to me. And so, uh, if you're somebody that likes to read these kinds of stories, uh, this is one you want to get. Uh, uh, maybe be careful, though, <laughs> how much you read in one sitting because it is very dark in some sections. I mean, literally today, reading part of it at Panera while I'm sitting there drinking coffee, literally getting nauseated reading what some of the allegations were uh, against Michael Jackson by the young boys. All right, that was fascinating. I hope you enjoyed it. And of course, we're here for you every Sunday night. We're live at 9 p.m. Eastern. So be sure and join us. And if you uh, missed this interview, you didn't hear it all, uh, be sure and check us out on your favorite podcast platform. Just search for Jim Paris Live. And remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody.